0: Day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show.
1: You know when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider
0: Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The
2: Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT, hour number two of the show. Thanks for listening. We always appreciate you coming back. And we hope you call Sam and Ash and just see them. You see their billboards. Uh, God forbid you get in an accident. We have to bring this up. You see all the attorneys here in this town. Some walk around with sledgehammers and motorcycles and their veins are popping out. And other ones are mocking other ones saying, I didn't pay for that award. I'm better than this guy. Other ones are in private jets landing telling you how great they are. Humble Sam and Ash. Humble people. They want to help you seven days a week. SalmonashLaw.com because you deserve what's right. You've said, you've heard me say it for a long time. They're my personal injury attorneys, but more importantly, they're my friends. I wish them a happy holiday. SalmonashInjuryLaw.com. Rich Gannon, that interview was something. Uh, Rich did one hell of a job. We might replay a piece of that on Friday, if not the whole thing. It was fantastic. Rich talked about the Raiders, the season, the ups and downs, the tragedy. Derek Carr, lack of production from Josh Jacobs, the offense, what needs to happen going forward. Uh, Rich Gannon was a hell of a player for the Silver and Black. I think Derek Carr, who's passed all of Gannon's records, doesn't have an MVP, but has played at a very high level, has an opportunity here once again, and a lot of pressure on him. A lot of pressure on Derek Carr because everybody wants him to win every game. And when he wins a game such as the Dallas game, he can't enjoy it for very long, because if he loses the next game, the fans are on top of him, and rightfully so. He's the franchise quarterback. Look at the heat that other quarterbacks are getting this year. Aaron Rodgers is getting hammered by the media for something different, COVID protocol. One of the great athletes, I think, in NFL history is Deshaun Watson. He's not allowed to play. He's still out of the league for an investigation going on with him, what's happening outside of football. And then all the other quarterbacks that are out there feeling the pressure. Kirk Cousins could be on the trade block. Kirk Cousins is one of the top rated quarterbacks when it comes to quarterback rating. So quarterbacks have to deal with pressure and they've dealt with a lot of pressure. Vince Sapienza joins us from Fox five in Las Vegas here. All the work he does with the Raiders, the golden Knights, all the stories surrounding this community in sports and Vince, I hope you have a great holiday with your family in advance. Hope you're doing well, my buddy. How are you?
3: I'm doing great, JT. How are you?
2: Great. Before we get into football, the cover story today at the Review Journal says MLS has close eye on Vegas. It looks like it's a done deal. I'm much more pro MLS than most people because I like Premier League soccer, global soccer. We had the Gold Cup with U.S. Hey, in Mexico and we're going to see Messi and Ronaldo play in this town from time to time. Where do you stand on this and do you believe we're that close?
3: Well, I think Major League Soccer sees
2: Las Vegas
3: as a very viable market. They see all the money that the Golden Knights, the Raiders are making hand over fist and when you look at a team like the Las Vegas Lights that's made a name for themselves with some crazy promotions and some, you know, big-time signings from over the past couple of years, I mean, money is being made. Uh, in, in terms of life, in terms of the United, uh, the USL, and in mm-hmm. terms of where they rank in profits in that league. So I think when Major League Soccer sits there and looks at it and sees, you know, different kinds of rivalries that could erupt from this market, and just again, the sheer profits that are available, I, I think Major League Soccer and Don Garber are drooling at what Vegas can provide, not just from a, a competitive aspect of a, of a soccer team, because you can compete anywhere in terms of guys on the field but when you're talking about marketing for another major league soccer team and another expansion team and growing the game I mean the lights are always brighter here and the cameras are always on here in Vegas so I, I think it's a very viable I think it's very real and I think that is the next major professional team that will come here to the Valley.
2: Vince Sapienza Fox 5 let's go to the Raider loss uh, from your perspective and how how you saw it uh, pre-game, during the game, and after the game, as the Raiders had several opportunities to win that game. The biggest one was the drop interception by Trayvon Merrick that hit him right in the hands. That would have cleaned up a really sloppy day when maybe the Raiders got outplayed but could have stole the win. How would you say it?
3: Yeah, I know, you know a lot of people are obviously pointing to that Merrick dropped INT, but, I mean, you look at what the defense did that day and forget that final game-winning field goal by the Redskins or excuse me, by the Washington football team. If you look at I mean, the defense held that team, one of the hottest teams in the National Football League, to 14 points. Uh, you can't ask much more from your defense other than that. I mean, after that opening possession, that defense really, Gus Bradley really settled down that group and got them uh, playing the way, you know, you would hope that team, that unit would be playing at this point in the season with everything still on the line. I think it goes down to the offense. I just, if you're someone covering it or you're a fan, I mean, you're obviously frustrated with what you're seeing on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you go out you sign Deshaun Jackson, and I understand the defense is playing over the top of Deshaun, but to create that dimension on offense, you have to throw the ball over 15, 20 yards. You got to at least threaten them. You can't just have Deshaun running, these go routes and not throwing them. Now there's, you know, it's been obviously postered all over social media as mm-hmm. how wide open Deshaun Jackson was on a variety of routes during that game. But you have to push the ball down the field. Having Darren Waller uh, on the sidelines and not on the field is obviously a big loss. But there's plenty of weapons on this offensive arsenal at the disposal for Derek Carr. you got to get, I mean, Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs were fantastic. But well, you got to get Brian Edwards involved. You got to push him down the field. You got to throw the ball up to Deshaun Jackson, and that's what I saw in real time. And I know that was that was the reaction of a lot of Raider Nation during and after the game. Is is I don't want to say a lack of creativity on offense because I don't think it goes that far, but a lot of it was predictable in terms of the dinking and dunking these these short little routes which is fine, but when that's all you're doing, it becomes predictable, and, and defenses are able to feast. What, the other thing that I think is really interesting, J.P., is the Raiders are a team that like to run the ball, but for whatever reason, that's not happening right now. I mean, they uh-huh. called five run plays in the first half against this Washington front, which is very good, but if you're trying to establish yourself and create an identity, which I think the Raiders' offense is still trying to do, you know, in early December, which is never a good thing. But, I mean, Josh Jacobs was getting stronger every time he touched the ball, whether that was on the ground or in the passing game. You have to establish that run game earlier and more often in order to create a, a little off-balance for, for opposing defenses. So that was my initial reaction during the game. When I rewatched it, I, I my takeaways were, were roughly the same. Obviously you see kind of guys a little more open on that second time you're watching the game and Derek Carr is going to see it and things like that. But that that's really what jumped out to me is just, you have, you still have the weapon, whether or not Waller's on the field, to push the ball down
2: the field, you just have to do it. Vince Sapienza, Fox five here in Vegas. So with all of that, now Kansas city is here and we've talked about it for a long time. We've been friends a while. We know the misdirection plays are going to run. They're going to start a play to the right. They're going to bring it back to the left. And they're going to try to get Jonathan Abram confused. And if they can, then everything opens up. That's that's the key to this game. If they can get one of the two safeties out of position, Mahomes extends the play, much better than Carr. He's just tremendously better than anybody in the league, other than maybe Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. And he'll just keep the play alive and try to suck Jonathan Abram in and then go over the top and Kelsey. That's the other one. Follow-up please with Kelsey and what they need to do with him because he always has a big game against the Raiders. Well, it's going to sound cliche, but it's defense by committee when it comes to Kelsey. But in terms
3: of Jonathan Abram, I mean, I thought last game was maybe his best game as a Raider in his career. I mean, he played fantastic this past weekend. I mean, he seemed to be everywhere, everywhere in a very controlled yet explosive manner. I thought John the Abram was fantastic, and if he can carry over that performance to Kansas City, staying composed yet explosive, I think it's going to be a really uh, big deal for, uh, for the Raiders this weekend. And in terms of Travis Kelsey, one interesting guy I'm kind of excited to see what they do with him is Divine Diablo. I mm-hmm. mean, he played the most he's played as a Raider this past weekend, and he looked really good. He didn't look out of place. And, and I'm curious to see if they use his athleticism, his reach, um, and match him up on a guy like Travis Kelsey and, and see if they can, you know, exploit something or use his talents in, in a way that, that will, you know, help limit what Kelsey's able to do. Because as we all know, he's been a Raiders killer uh, his entire career.
2: Thanks, Vince. Always appreciate your time. we got a couple of home games left. I hope to see you in the press box, if not before. Thank you for everything you do for us. Thanks, J.T. You got it. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. Uh, Rich Passaccia, Derek Carr, Divine Diablo, and Max Crosby. Uh, let's go live to Derek Carr right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center.
4: You know, and, you know, take what Coach Passaccia is saying and, and push that into the locker room. You know, take what Mr. Mayock is trying to project and push that into the locker room. Take what our other leaders are saying and have their back and push that into the locker room. You know what I mean? And so... For me, for me, it it has never changed. The process is what matters. If you don't do the, what what that means is if you don't do, you know, Sunday night or whenever you play, right after the game until the next game, if you don't do that right, you're not going to have a very good game the next time. You know, you got to, you got to have a type of professionalism about you. You know, that's what they talk about being a pro. You guys. We've all seen guys in the league that flash, you know, one or two times and they're out in two years or they're out in three years. Like, what happened, you know? And uh, you, you finally learn like, well, he didn't really take care of his body. You know, he didn't study, you know, he didn't. And that, it, it kind of catches up to you eventually. So I think Coach Bisaccia is talking about that process. It matters, which I a thousand percent, that's what I believe in. And then I also believe that, you know, the, the urgency to win, you know, I, I feel that, you know, and I, I feel that on everybody's heart. You know, I've always felt that. That's all, that's all I've cared about, you know, is wanting to win and win for this team. And so I feel that urgency uh, from Mr. Mayock and what he's saying, what Hunter's saying, that winning is all that matters because at the end of the day, it really is, you know. Um, you have to produce. That's what gives you a job in this league. Uh, but winning is, is what takes your team to the next level. And that's what we're all here to do.
1: How do you describe um, urgency in a a, a football game? I mean, when you look at the stats, the first quarters have been problematic for you guys. It just is. Uh, But when people say come out more urgent, more aggressive, what does that mean to you? And and where's the line between that and, you know, what the defense has given you and all that type of stuff?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, perfect example, coming out with urgency to me is if we come out and start fast like we did in Dallas and we execute – we were urgent, you know, <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? If we come out and have a, a mental or a bust and it doesn't work out and we're off the field, oh, they weren't urgent today. There's no, you, you have to check yourself and make sure you're coming in with the right mindset. You know, Josh, I think talked about it a little bit, coming in with a little type of swag to you, with a little kind of confidence to you. And uh, and, and him and I talk about that a lot, you know, and, and, and we believe, you know, there was times where, you know, in years past, we're like, dude, where is that at, you know? And we'd talk about it like, well, we gotta bring it, you know? And then there's other times where, we we see it now where more guys are having it. Well, we got to consistently do it together because not one guy is going to be able to go out. He can't rush for hundred if I don't get him in the right run. You know, he's not going to rush for any kind of yards if I go into bad looks all day and uh, we can't we don't block it. You know, same for me. I'm not going to throw it if certain things. Are, it's a team game, and so often because of social media and us standing up here and we see our faces, as we make it individualized. Man, this is a team thing. We have to come out together with a collective mindset, that this is how we're gonna come out. And it's one thing to have the mindset, it's another thing to go do it against a good team. And that's what we have this week.
1: And you feel like um, the urgency is tied into the execution, whether the play worked or not? That's kind of what you're yes. sort of implying? Because do you sense that there's not urgency when you guys start games, or?
4: I, I have felt like uh, there was only one time, and I may have said it after a game, where I didn't feel like the same energy was there. But for the most part, our guy, our coaches do a fantastic job of getting us ready to play and um, that's their job is to motivate us, you know, give us a plan that we feel great about and love and all that kind of stuff and, and, and go into it and, and fire. Um, you know, how do you fight that? You know, you can't I can't be out there like we talk about taking care of the football. You know, there was a I, I talked about it after the game, the play to Deshaun, right? He's running a deep cross. I can't see the nickel. I see the two high shell, but is he the hook player, is he the flat player? I can't see him. Well, I'm going to throw it to Josh. I'm going to make sure I get this first down, and I'll tell Deshaun, "My bad, man. I'll hit you next time." But I didn't want to risk that. It's not the time to risk it. End of the game, Zay Jones. I have to throw that ball. You you know what I'm saying? We have to do that. So, um, when you talk about, you know, you can use urgency in that or whatever, whatever. You know, there's. There's a time and a place, but but also you have to be smart, You know, especially early in games, especially against the team that we're about to play. Uh, you can't be out there just doing stupid things because their offense will go down there and make it 7 nothing fast.
5: When you're at the line of scrimmage before
4: the snap, let's say you notice a mismatch or something on your side and maybe there's a chance for a big play down the field. How much freedom do you have you know, just as a quarterback to maybe check into something or audible to something? Maybe that wasn't the original call to take a shot, but you see something like how? what's the line with that yeah I mean we have that's a big question you know because there's a lot of plays that have like alerts already built in where I don't have to you know um, you know there's uh, a lot of teams now with some of our deep threats they're playing certain coverages but they're playing them a little different you know uh, you know they're trying to give you the same front side look but but they're running someone on the back side to go try and pick hoping you throw it to go pick it off so it looks good when you stop the clicker you know but as soon as that balls in there it wouldn't look so good you, you, does that sense? Make- hesitancy there, because you have to feel it through the game. How are they? How are they matching certain coverages? How are they matching certain personnels? How are they matching when someone's in there? there it's so, there's so much that goes into that. So so many. Te- you can play quarters a lot of different ways. You know, uh, if you do it the old simple basic way, yeah, there's a lot of throws that you'd like to hit. But some teams play it a little bit different when they see a certain receiver in the game, or a certain formation, or a certain play. And so uh, you know, as coaches and as players, we we have to feel that through the game, but. I always have freedom to try and get us completions and try and move the ball. Um, I'm never, you know, going out there and just going outside the yard that I have. Now, everyone has a yard. Mine is really big, you know, but everyone has a yard. And I try. I don't want to get out of that because then I'm going outside of what my coaches want. And so I'm trying to do everything my coaches want within that. But absolutely have freedom to see stuff and try to take shots. And a lot of insight on, on plays. You know, Ole lets me put plays in and. Uh, and he calls them in the games, and it's awesome. you know. So I, I have some freedom in that, which is cool, that Ole is amazing at letting me do cause, cause, because I see it the same way. And if he doesn't see it that way, he's like, yeah, that's not going in. <laughs> you know. And it's that simple.
2: All right, that's Derek Carr. Appreciate that. He sounded very upbeat. I mean, that sounds like a quarterback that is the quarterback of an 8-4 and four team or a 9-3 and three team. I mean, he is upbeat. That's good to hear. You know, I listened very intently to that conversation. Derek seems to be upbeat, locked in, optimistic, ready to go. He's you know wasn't like that in the post game. You could tell immediately following the post game. You know, it was a tough loss, and Derek has to go to the microphone and explain himself. And here after a couple of days, I like the way Derek Carr sounded. We got a lot for you to react to today, everybody. Uh, we move Johnny Katz till tomorrow. Our entertainment update reporter, Steph McKenzie, will join us next, and then we'll try to get a bit of Rich Pasaccia's interview coming up Uh, we love everything that goes on at wahoo's fish taco their location on eastern's fantastic two-story the outside deck all their locations their california baja cuisine i love their food and the great service at wahoo's fish taco
3: This will be a 52-yarder, 52-yarder with a new long snapper. Carson Tinker from Alabama has replaced Trent Sig, who's on the COVID list. So watch this snap. Good snap. Good hold. On its way by Carlson. Jackpot, baby. Raiders are on the board before the intermission.
2: There is Carlson, who two times this year was the special teams player of the week. JT, back with you. Thanks for coming back. Brought to you by Five Iron Golf. Inside Area 15, my Saturday spot could be your nightly spot, daily spot to hit golf balls. Great food, service, a great experience at Five Iron Golf. It's a great experience. And we have Steph McKenzie on from 97 Won the Point, the diehard Raider fan, my favorite all time rock jock. And are you feeling a little uh, desperate now, your Raiders? Your Raiders had it after Dallas and gave it all back to the Washington football team. Oh, my God.
0: God, JT, what a year! Like, and it's always game to game, right? You're always a Raider fan through and through. If you're an Uber Raider fan like myself, but man, that that really hurt. That that was a stinger on Sunday, man.
2: Well, Steph, there's been a lot of games this year that felt that way. The loss at the Giants, the loss at home to the Bears, the Washington football team. Two out of three of those games. Those are still two out of three games where the Raiders would have eight wins going into this Kansas City game, and I think everything would be okay. A playoff berth would still be on the horizon. That's not the case anymore. we got to look ahead to Kansas City. That's a game you've been to. That's a team you don't like. That's a rivalry, and Kansas City's won five in a row.
0: Well, and unfortunately, too, even though they've won five in a row, unfortunately for us, will we be able to travel? Will we be able to handle it? Will we take on the pressure? Because it seems like for some reason we're not coming out quick enough we're not kicking it off. We go from one amazing game to what the hell happened to now we're going to one of our biggest rivals besides the Broncos, in my opinion, and you've really got to come out swinging. You just – it scares you a little bit as a fan going into this. But will the Chiefs fall a little bit? Will this be the game that they're inconsistent? Because we haven't seen – I mean, yeah, five games, I'll give it to them, but then they have games like we do as well.
2: Yeah. You're, you nailed it, Steph McKenzie. You nailed it. Kansas City has had several average to below average games. The difference is compared to the Raiders is they've won those games. They've won those games that they haven't played well and Mahomes hasn't had a big game. And, you know, Steph, I think that's the thing that bothers me the most this year about this. The Chargers are good and they should have a better record. Kansas City's good. They should have a better record. But we know the Raiders, we can pick the games, we can pick the moments where they came up short, where they could have won, and it would have been a different season. You know, getting back, I want to stay with Carr. We had Rich Gannon on, as you know, and I yes. talked to him about playing faster and up-tempo. Uh, we hang out off outside the air when we talk about this. We want to see the team play faster on offense with the sense of urgency.
0: Well, and I think it's been weird. Even though Dallas was a great game, right? You don't deny Mm -hmm. that. That was awesome. It was was amazing. And we came out fast, and everyone keeps going back to that game. But let's go back You know, two games. Have we really come out with the speed that we need to always come out with? What has happened? What is going on with miscommunications? Who is not reading somebody? I don't think that there's arguing. I think they work as a team. But for some reason – it's almost like they get out there and they're excited and you see a lot of things going on and then someone's in quicksand and you're like, "What? wait, what are you doing?
2: <laughs> well, you nailed it. You know, you're a super fan. You go, to all, you go to all these games and you watch them all, that there is confusion where we're trying to figure out why there is confusion. And as we talked about with Rich Gannon, I'll say it again, it was an amazing interview. He just talked about run the play. What? Just go with what you have, what they practice and what they preach. And it all goes back to that Gruden playbook, which we know is very elaborate, you know, scale it down, make it more pass-friendly. You're not running the ball that well. And just go with the best plays that work, Steph. That's been my theme this week. Whatever you have, every play that they've run this year, these coaches can look at a 1,000 times. Run the plays that work the best. Even if Kansas City knows they're coming, it's not a great defense. They're playing well. Run those plays that you're most comfortable with you know will work, and maybe that will get them out of this funk.
0: I'm 100% with you. Stay with the play, follow through, and do it. Unfortunately, we're not seeing that. It seems like midway through, somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and Carr's having to change it. And I hate because, you know, he's my boy. Everyone's a hater on Carr all the time. Then they love him. Now they hate Mm. him again. It's amazing to me. But he's doing the best that he can, but I think not just him, but all of his his O-line, I mean, we need more coming out. We need a little bit more from Crosby. I mean, he can't be the only one working this. I said that last time. And yeah, you need those what, wide receivers to run and play their game.
2: Yeah, Steph McKenzie joins us. 97 won the point. You nailed it. If mean, you look down from your seats and you see Mad Max playing with that level, I think the team plays really hard. I think uh, the fans in general love what Carr's like off the field and what he's been through this year. Any Raider fan – And, Steph, you talk to as many Raider fans as I do. you got a really big radio show, and I think they understand what Carr's been through this year. He takes up all the oxygen in the room on Sports Talk because he's the quarterback. That's why he makes the most money. But we know, we all know what he's been dealing with off the field. He's got a brand-new baby, a growing family, a new market here, all of that. Players going down, a player in a tragedy. His coach had to resign And today he went to the podium and he was very energetic and optimistic about Kansas City because he's played well there, Steph, in the past, including last year where the Raiders were dominant in that win at Kansas City.
0: And a lot of people keep going back on that. And I saw that, too, today. I do. Mm -hmm. I always fall back on that. I think he's very well-spoken and he's very always high on the Raiders. He even said, he's like, I could come up here and we could all point fingers and I could say something and you'd break the internet, right? He goes, but that's not what the organization is about. But they have to figure out. And I think I mean, we're arm, armchair quarterbacks. We need to tell them, just follow through on the play. I think you and Rich had it perfect. I mean, that's really what they need to do. But they've got to get everyone to do that.
2: Yeah, Kenyon Drake, Nick Kwiatkowski are going on injured reserve. That was announced today. Your guy, Alec Engold, gone for the year. Darren Waller, we're waiting for an update on that. So we got the Raiders covered. Steph, you know this town as good as anybody. This is an important time of the year. You do a lot of charity work. You are out in the community. There are food drives. There are people trying to help other people out here. And we work for a great company in Lotus Broadcasting. They're very aware of that. And they let us get involved with the community. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, we are doing Fox and McKenzie's wish list where we help families um, that might have fallen on some hard times. And that doesn't mean that, It just was this time, or it's over and over. These are stories, and all names remain anonymous, JT, but we read them, and and this morning was a hard one. It kind of chokes me up, but these stories that people have gone through, and not just the last 22 months, but things happen just unexpectedly, right? Mm -hmm. Sicknesses, illness, deaths, whatever may happen, and we have kicked everything off with a $5,000 donation from the Eggworks and Ag and I. Mm-hmm. And we are helping families, and they get to have Christmas the way that they want to, JT. That's the unique thing about Fox McKenzie's wish list. They get to do Christmas or the holidays or however they celebrate the way they want to. And if you want to get involved, you can find out more by going to
2: 0.97.com. Steph McKenzie, as we wrap it up. Now, you know how important my man card is. I don't like to give up my man card. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? So here's what's going on around the house. Wife's running around trying to get Adele tickets. Right? That's all it is, Adele. She loves Adele. I Everyone think Everyone in this
0: town, I think the whole world is like that right now, don't you?
2: Yeah, and I saw her special on CBS. I think Adele is a brilliant singer. But Adele. again, you won't find JT the Brick inside Adele. You won't. So you, you won't see me at a Britney Spears show. You won't see me at Cher. And I know they do great shows, but I need to hold on to my man card because, you know, I drink Medellos in the black hole. I, I can't okay. do that, but I, but I can help the wife get Adele tickets, wink, wink. Tell me the backstory here. It almost broke the internet. Amazon crashed, Ticketmaster, everybody in this town's trying to get into Adele.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, you had to apply to get a code, right? You know how it all went down?
2: (laughs) No, no. Tell me. That's why you're on.
0: (laughs) You had to apply. I'm a little bit with you. You know that. I have I have the girl man card, so I like her, but I'm the same way. But I got to help friends as well. So you had to apply to get a code. They sent you a code, then you used the code, but it still wasn't guaranteed if you got the tickets. And if you didn't get the code, then unfortunately, you better be waiting on some friends or know some really good ticket brokers.
2: Now, I'm going to Journey on Friday night at the theater inside Virgin because I love Journey. Now, Steve Perry doesn't want to be in Journey. He had no interest to be in Journey for decades. So Arnell takes over, who they found on YouTube from the (laughs) Philippines. He does a wonderful job. He is a great front man. He sounds like Journey. The shows are good. People got to get over it. Get over it. If you haven't seen Journey and this band play, they're fantastic. And again, they got a residency over at Virgin Hotels. I know,
0: and that is, their opening night was totally amazing, and they keep just going and going, and you know what, if you're upset that it's not Steve Perry, you have to see it. Don't judge until you see it. Close your eyes, and it's all Journey the way that you've loved Journey from the beginning.
2: Now, typically, do you stay away from the Strip because I like to do some holiday shopping, so it's clicking in my head. I like to get my wife something on the Strip, a typical shop we go to in one of the casinos here, Uh, with covid and some of the issues that are popping up i want to keep it upbeat do you get your christmas shopping in early or do you wait to the 24th 23rd to get it all in
0: i would love to say that i do it early but i'm always last minute lucy i try but then i'm always like i don't have enough things and then i'm like someone told me about this great special or this great deal that's going on and i have to get in on it and i do like the fashion show mall so i like Mm. to go down there sometimes
2: well, my wife told me there's uh, this Raider employee thing that I get where I can get all the Raider gear I want just on one day, so I might have to get you something here. Are you a sweatshirt? Oh. Are you a polo shirt, uh, something? Is there anything I could uh, look for you? Uh, you're yes. not a jersey. I don't see you wearing a jersey a lot. What do you like? What type of fashion?
0: No, I want the big, big bling in a tank
2: top. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a bling. Please. So you want a bling tank top or a bling in a tank top? Bling tank yeah, top. Yeah,
0: well, I- I'm a girl. Don't give me options. I'll take two. But if I have one, I'll take Big Bling in a tank top.
2: (laughs) All right. uh, We need some mojo here. So we're going to get your final score, Arrowhead. I got to be on the pregame at 8 a.m. from M Resort Spawn Casino. I got a big weekend. So I'll be checking into the M Wink Wink. I'm excited about the weekend there. (laughs) Give me the final score Raiders at Kansas City.
0: Well, before I do that, I just want to let everyone know, if you don't know anything about JT doing that pre-show, man, you do a great job, and you keep me up, especially, you know, I'm running around with the kids before certain things, so thank you for all you do, because you're doing a great job as well. Thank you. And I know it's been a lot this season, so thank you. But my final prediction, of course, go Raiders. I am very excited about this game. You know I got everything going on for it. Okay, here it is. You ready? Yep. Raiders 23, Chiefs.
2: Wow, that's a low-scoring game, but the Chiefs have been held to some low scores this year, and the Raiders uh, getting 20 points. I'll take it. I I agree with you. I think the Raiders win. The score will be a little bit higher, like 28-26, 29-27. I'm in that range there. Steph, we'll talk to you before Christmas. Thanks for everything you do in town, especially to help so many people out. Oh,
0: JT, thank you for everything you do. And as I always say, have a great weekend, and go Raiders!
2: Thank you. Steph McKenzie, you should be listening to our show every morning, along with Clay and his morning tailgate. And then I switch over, and I go over to Steph on ninety-seven-one. The Point. Fox and McKenzie, they do a great job. Man, this show flew by. That Rich Gannon interview, we got to get that up, and I need your, need your help retweeting that. I need two retweets from you today. My new podcast that I did with Tom Looney, real proud of this podcast. It's 40 minutes. It's quick. I do it once a week with my – Long-term radio partner, Tom Looney, who I did 14 years on the radio. It's a quick podcast on several different topics. We talked about the Buffalo Bills' loss and how it changes the AFC and how all of J-Lo's ex-boyfriends now have to deal with looking at her with Ben, ben Affleck on the Lakers' bench. When we come back, we'll play a little bit of that. You know, Charles Barkley eviscerated Anthony Davis last night on TNT. I'm watching the game and Ben Affleck is basically making out with J.Lo on the Lakers bench in front of LeBron James and less than a year ago confirmed A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, was sitting with J.Lo in the same seat. Ben had no problem with it, man. Ben just went there. He's not drinking, at least for now. He hung out there and watched his Celtics get beat. We got some good sound coming back, and we'll take a portion of the Rich Basaccia interview as he just met the media over there in Harrison and we'll have that for you so what a good day today a lot of fun today we're brought to you by Grimaldi's had a slice of Grimaldi's today before the show we get a bunch of pizzas to go we throw them in the outside refrigerator we put them in the air fryer it's incredible because it's cold-fired brick oven pizza a must-have for anyone craving great pizza we'll be giving away two $50 Grimaldi gift cards tomorrow on the show
4: There's a there's a lot of reasons, um, and again, uh, I'd have to pull the film out and you know show it to you and talk about it, but I'm not going to do that. You know, I just we just got to keep our head down, um, come to work, listen to what your coach tells you to do, and do that to the best of your ability. And uh, you know, our coaches are doing a great job um, with everything they've had to go through and deal with, and roles changing and things like that. And they've done an excellent job of pushing us and keeping the details. And we as a whole need to listen to what they're saying and do it on game day.
2: That's Derek Carr. I agree with that. That's what I'm sensing. That's the only thing I can bring to the table. Not much more. I'm in the building, and everybody seems to be good. And I've been in the Raider building over the decades where there were coaches on the way out, coaches coming and going, and the team was out of it, and it wasn't good. Uh, this team is stuck together. Their captains or elite captains, very good captains, that have this team believe in they can win. And they're going to have to pull that off, and they're going to have to show the NFL that they can win a game like this with their back up against the wall. Well, 41 years ago, John Lennon was shot in front of the Dakota, and Monday Night Football was in progress when Howard Cosell broke the news. Don Smith is on the line, and I don't care what's on the line, Howard, you have got to say what we know in the booth. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous perhaps of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. I was from Monday Night Football 41 years ago today, and you think about that Howard Cosell soundbite. If you don't know who Howard Cosell is and you're a sports fan, you should. You just go YouTube and sit back and listen for hours on hours the impact he had with Muhammad Ali in boxing, Monday Night Football, and what it meant, and telling America, telling the world about the passing and the shooting that took out John Lennon. And I just watched the documentary, Get Back, on Disney+, and it was fantastic. A lot of people are really super into it, like me. Others like it. Some don't like it. It's long. you you got to put a lot of time into it, but if you're a fan of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo and George, Billy Preston, and what was happening in London at that time, truly is incredible footage, and you probably have some time over the holidays to watch it. I would highly recommend it. JT, back with you. Let's go to Rich Passaccia and his press conference a little while ago in Henderson. Um, I'll kind of hit where we're at injury-wise for you so we can um, move on to the
5: questions. Trayvon Mullen and uh, Gillespie ran around in practice today pretty good, so we'll uh, we'll be able to make a better decision towards the end of the week. But um, Trayvon, going into his second week, I uh, thought he ran around really well today. Um, uh, Waller still is day-to-day, and um, we'll see how Perryman does to a little bit more towards the end. Well,
1: um, but was, did he come in for a, uh, a workout and kind of look pretty good and that type of thing? And somebody that understands the system, I guess, a little bit?
5: And yeah, no, he understands the special team system for sure. And uh, he did play last year. Um, and so I've been staying in touch with him as well as other guys that we keep our kind of our eyes on as you go through these situations. And uh, we felt the need for him to come in. Uh, he's on practice squad right now. We'll see um, what kind of shape he's in and what he can do for us especially um, special teams-wise. You know, losing Nick Kwiatkowski is a big deal for us in special teams and then Nate Perryman, I mean, um, Denzel Perryman being down. You know, Will is a Mike linebacker by trade. Uh, So he's just a guy that can learn the system that way. But I know he can play in special teams for us, and uh, he ran around pretty good out there today.
3: You said uh, Monday that you, you thought Devine Diablo did a good job in his first uh, time getting a lot of snaps on defense, but
4: just I'm sure you've worked with him a ton this year on special teams. What's it been like getting to know him and how's he kind of progressed through his rookie season?
5: Yeah, I mean, he's, been, he's played all four phases for us all year, and uh, he's been getting more and more snaps in practice um, at the Will linebacker position as well as the auto sum. And uh, he's real smart, um, real quiet. He's kind of a do my job kind of guy. Um, so we're, we're glad we got him and we're looking forward to him playing well. It's really, it really wasn't a surprise to coaches. It wasn't a pro- surprise to his teammates that he played well in the game on defense. So I, I think we're expecting the same.
2: Rich, I'm not asking you in any way to give away secrets, but when you looked at the film on the offense, was there things that you were able to identify? Okay, that's something we got to fix going to Kansas City. Some things that you maybe were at least encouraged about. That's something that's fixable.
5: Certainly, you know, we'd like to think there's majority of the things that we don't execute well, we'd like to think that they're fixable. Some, some are personnel concerns, uh, some are scheme conversations that some things we could do better. Some are situational calls that we may have made in all three phases. You know, don't forget, we did give up the fake punt um, to Kansas City the last time and where we were in the red zone and what we were playing on safe and some of those things. So again, I'd like to think that everything is dissected, either when you win and when you lose. And you'd like to think you can find um, either a solution uh, to the play, or a solution to the to the coach, you know, as you go through the tape.
4: Richard, do the injuries that you have um, at linebacker being a little thin there right now, I know you're waiting on some guys later in the week to see if they can go, but does that kind of change how you approach uh, your game plan when it comes
5: to Yeah, the I think that'll be a great conversation for Gus tomorrow, or a question for Gus, but in my conversations okay. with Gus, we, you know, again, we're going to do some things to the, the personnel that we have in order to put the best group on the field to give us an opportunity to play well on defense as well as the other two phases, but I, I'm I'm confident that us and his group will, will come up with a good idea and a good plan to, to use the people that we have.
4: Coach, it might be difficult for you to say just with the amount of time that you spent around him. Just, uh, just for, the outs- for the outsider looking in, do you believe that Hunter Renfro has had an underrated season, would you say?
5: Again, you know, the, the ratings and the PowerPoints and those things are really done outside of our building. It's, it's very easy to see the importance of Hunter Renfro, um, not only to our offense, but to our team. Um... He's a mingler. He's a locker room guy. He's really uh, matured as far as a uh, a leader in his own way. And you know, it's 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 easy to identify him on the field because uh, the ball seems to find him all the time. And usually, the ball finds good players. You know, so underrated. I you know, I don't know. I think he's 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 really a special player. Special player.
2: Rich, how, how much of a point of emphasis is it going to be to get off to a quick start offensively?
5: Yeah, Paul, great question. You know, I think when you look at the success we had in Denver and Philly um, and Dallas, you know, we got off to quick starts. And really, the Cincinnati game, defense gave us the ball on the nine yard line and we come out of there with a field goal. So I think in the games that have either gone down to the wire force or certainly the ones that we've had a chance to win at the end, we've started fast. So we've addressed that with the players. We've addressed that with each other. Um, we're always trying to do that. You know, we're, we're, um, we're trying to finish faster if we can. and, and uh, So again, we, we do things in practice at times, we do things in some of our preparations in pregame to get us a mindset. We'd love to get off the field in the first set on defense and we'd love to score with our first set on offense. I think when you listen to coach speak, we'd all like to do that, right? That's how we'd like to enter um, every game. Um, when it goes in your favor that way, you feel like you can keep rolling. When it doesn't, well, we've been 14 down and come back and won a game as well this year. So um, either way, we have to keep going. But. We'd certainly love to start fast. Rich, you guys are nine and four
4: on the road since coming to Las Vegas compared to five and ten at home. Is there anything to that or a coincidence or
5: what goes into that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I knew the answer to that. I told him today, obviously, we like playing away. And, uh, you know, it's not really a good thing because we'd love to be able to defend our house and and uh, make that a, a place people don't want to come play. And But since we've been here, you know, we've had some favor on the road for whatever those reasons are. And maybe it's the routine of, um, what Friday looks like and then we come in on Saturday and we get on the plane and we're together and we're closer and uh, I, w- I wish I could tell you and, and bottle it and, and make it happen at home as well. So, um, but I do hope that we, we can go on the road this week and, and play well again, you know, whatever that routine may be. But it, it is certainly part of our conversations and we deal with the players on that about the hotel we're staying in, the beds we're sleeping in and the routine that we have when we're on the, uh, at home compared to when we're on the road. So, all those things, these are great questions. Just so you guys know, they're all constant conversations within ourselves as well, you know.
4: From an Arrowhead standpoint on special teams, it, you know, they have the swirling winds there. How difficult of a place is it for play, players to kick, uh, punt and kick, and what do you have to do in terms of their approach going into that game?
5: Yeah, I, I, you know, again, great question. We saw the game the other night, certainly in Buffalo. The wind is, is an issue, and, and uh, we're always keeping our eye on the weather. We The thing about the kicking game um, in a windy stadium is it's the same for both teams. You know, people like to say, well, the home team has an advantage. They played in all the time. Well, the wind isn't the same all the time, right? So um, we we had a little bit of breeze out there today. It was actually good for us. And during the course of the year, even though we know we're playing at home, we like to use the wind um, to do some of the things that we're going to do in the kicking game when we have the ability to use it. So um, it's going to be a factor. We'll just have to adjust and deal with it, um, as I'm sure they are. That's good. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys.
2: All right, there he is, Rich Pasaccia, covering everything from special teams, starting fast, the way the team plays at home compared to on the road. I think Coach Pasaccia, from the day he took over, remember the day he did his first press conference, he walked away from the podium, and he had his notes, and he was getting his feel. Now I interview him tomorrow for TV. He's always kind. He's always ready to go. Any question is open, and he answers every question here. And he's trying to be transparent as much as he can. He's trying to be transparent as this team's been struggling as of late, and they got to get a win. This is the biggest game that Rich Passaccia has ever coached in his life. He's a head coach now, a very good special teams coordinator, but he's got to win this game, and he's got to coach it desperately like they have to win. I wanted to play this Charles Barkley soundbite before we wrap it up. Lakers won last night over Boston, but Barkley on the pregame and even halftime Was going after Anthony Davis hard.
1: Hey, listen, y'all know I think that most reporters are cowards. They want to be friends with these players. Y'all just proved my point again. For the first month of the season, y'all blame everything on Russell Westbrook for the Lakers being putting all them old ass geezers together. And y'all blame Westbrook. Now I hear y'all gonna fire Frank Vogel. Listen, Russ is learning. Frank Vogel is a terrific coach putting all them old ass geezers together and just trying to blame other people it ain't right and it ain't cool listen Anthony Davis you got to play better I said on this first night if the Lakers were going to be any good it was all going to be on you has nothing to do with Russell had nothing to do with LeBron and the rest of them old ass geezers they put together out there but now y'all on cross the line because I really like Frank Vogel and listen it ain't his fault but listen it's in my opinion, <laughs> I blame Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you know I like you as a person. But you ain't, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You're 27 years old. You're supposed to be in your prime. You're supposed to be one of the five best players in the world up there with Giannis, Kevin Durant, and those guys. And you ain't holding up your end of the bargain. So now I hear y'all going to fire That's total BS, man. Now I feel better. That was great by Barkley. If you wonder why Barkley's
2: the number one analyst, highest paid on the big show like that, how many Hall of Famers, who doesn't have a ring? Barkley doesn't have a ring. He has gold medal in the Olympics. He just went after Anthony Davis and told the truth. And if you can't do that as an analyst, you shouldn't be an analyst. You should be a celebrity going to games. You shouldn't be getting paid to do that. Charles Barkley is one of the best because he has no filter, and he'll say what he means. And then other good breaking news today, Tiger Woods is going to play with his young son, Charlie, in the PNC Championship Golf Tournament next week. How cool is this? Considering how awful that car accident was, Tiger said today that he'll play with 12-year-old son, Charlie, next week. Although it's been a long and challenging year, I'm very excited to close it out by competing in the PNC Championship with my son, Charlie. I'm playing as a dad, and I couldn't be more excited and proud. The 36-hole Event begins December 18th, and it is for major champions and a family member. That's pretty cool. I like seeing that. That's a great story for Tiger Woods. Hope you enjoyed the show today. I really love the Rich Gannon interview. Step McKenzie joined us, Vince Sapienza. It's a very good guest today, but Rich moved the needle on his comments. You'll be able to find that here at lvsportsnetwork.com, and the Raiders put it up in podcast form. All the big interviews we get are in podcast form at Raiders.com. Tomorrow, RomoCop, Bill Romanowski joins us tomorrow with a couple of other NFL guests I'm working on because I'm always working, trying to book the show with Bobby to make it better every day and then host three hours at night. So that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Support our proud partners if you could. We'd greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.